If you worry about what other people think, soon enough, you will be on the sidelines of your life. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman's Show, where we bring you people from around the globe who are going to inspire, educate you, and motivate you into action. Today, special guest, I have Edna Keep, and her journey from a single mom at 16, living subsidized housing with a daughter in subsidized daycare, to multi-million dollar real estate entrepreneur coach that inspires others. Her major operations are long-term buy and hold rental apartment buildings. Her claim to fame is a 65 million real estate portfolio built by other people's money. A proponent of education and inspiration, Edna offers live training with her free real estate coaching Fridays and Mindset Monday live events on Facebook each week. Please welcome Edna Keep to the show. Thank you so much, Deborah. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, I'm really excited to have you. I was on your podcast and I've, you know, even even seen some of your um, infomercials on YouTube. They've oh, actually popped up as, as I'm reviewing things. And I'm very intrigued mm-hmm. because I know real estate is something that sometimes makes people nervous and it has a lot to do with mindset. And it has a lot to do with decision-making. Absolutely. So from being a single mom at 16, how have you, like looking back, how to shift your mindset to your circumstance to where you are today? Well, you know, it was just incrementally, uh, which I think everybody has to go through their own growth. You know, You, you can, you know, it's like incremental steps all the time. And that's what I found, you know, I worked at a doctor's office straight out of high school, uh, slightly above minimum wage, but you know what, it was an office job. So Monday to Friday, I was doing better than my friends who were mostly like waitressing and stuff like that. They probably earned more money than me, but there's just something about working during the day, you know? And uh, then Mm -hmm. I decided I was tired of that. And I I took an accounting clerk um, course. And, you know, I just started adding, I couldn't go to university because I always had to support my daughter, didn't have the money for it. And uh, then I got an office administrator's job again, self-study, got the job, <clears throat> uh, stayed there for a while. Then I got into financial advice, same sort of thing. I just started doing it on the side. I, could, I couldn't let go one and move to the other because of the child. So I had to, you know, always have a side gig. Even today, I feel like I have side gigs because I do more than one thing all the time. And, uh, but incremental growth all the way through. And I think that's what people just need to wrap their head around is um, it's really hard to go from from A to Z, but A, B, C, D, you know, absolutely doable. Yeah, because entrepreneurship is not just one trajectory. We often see it loops around kind of like a roller direction. There's detours all along the way, but it's not uncommon for people to have, whether they call it a side gig, side hustle. But it's something that they become passionate about. And, you know, sometimes it was just a heart that they would end up eventually turning into a business. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, even now, uh, my transition into real estate coaching 
just kind of came about organically. People started to ask me, how did you do what you did? And so then I built a course around it. And now my primary thing is coaching and I love it. And I'm not going to say I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. But right now it's my absolute passion. I love it. But who knows where I'll be in the next 10 years. So did you have mentors that, you know, you got led into being in real estate? Every all, all along the way, you know what? I hired my first coach in 1999 when I was an fi- early financial advisor. And the reason I did is we were at a big convention in um, Scar- uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and we were surrounded by these big multi million producers. And they sat all us little guys with them uh, and just to rub shoulders. And one of the things that somebody on stage said was, How many of you in the audience? have a coach. And I looked around and I had already uh, vetoed in on who was the uh, top producers. They all had a coach. I went home, hired a coach, never been without one since. I'm all, I, I probably never will because I believe that we every time we're wanting to go to a new level, new level, new devil, there's always something you got to learn. There's always a mindset issue that you got to overcome because what gets you here doesn't get you here, you know, so always. And, and I always look for a coach um, who's done what I want to do. Not, not, you know, cheerleaders. There's lots of cheerleader type coaches out there. You know, people always tell me I had coaches at the beginning. Oh, you're doing so good. You're doing so good. I'm hiring you. Tell me I'm good. I'm hiring you to kick my ass, <laughs> you know? And uh, so, yeah, always. I, I love having a coach. It feels so good to have somebody give you that push. Yeah. Um, so, what so things you know, Deborah, also kudos because when you're an entrepreneur, you work by yourself so much of the time, right? Yes. Yes. And, you know, I don't, it's nice to have that cheerleading aspect, but a really good coach is someone who's willing to see where you're stuck in self-limiting belief, exactly. see where you're not willing to push your boundaries. Yeah. What, what experiences that have you had with people when they're kind of nervous about evaluating the deal or wanting to take the first step? What are some of the self limiting beliefs that you encounter with some of your clients that they're going to make a big mistake mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, and 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 who am I to think I can own an apartment building you know that's something I, I remember that having that thought in my own mind when the first time I was told Edna why don't you look at buying a multifamily instead of buying all these single family houses and I, I can't do that I don't have enough houses yet you know so it, it's it's an automatic first thought a lot of times but lots of people just stay there saying no I can't do it and, and I push through that a lot. Like, uh, you know what, if you can do it, I can do it. Or if it's as if it's something I'm interested in, right? Yeah. It is not necessarily like the game of Monopoly. Although, you know, it, it might begin with all those individual houses before you could get the hotel, but there is opportunity to jump right into something else and be able to manage it. With guidance, that's all you need is guidance. That's why I say a coach is so valuable because they've been there, done that, then they can guide you through the process. I've taken 18-year-old kids for just out of high school. I had a couple uh, local boys, actually, straight out of high school, 18 and 19 years old. Within two years of working with me, they owned 72 doors. No way. That's amazing. I know. And they, they still lived at home with their parents, both of them. Yeah, that's you know, probably the best way to do it. <laughs> it, was, it was brilliant because they didn't have all these expenses. You know, yeah. they were out of the rat race 
don't know. Well, within that two-year period, I mean, they were at eight thousand a month in cash flow, and they were well. What was that? Two years later, twenty and twenty-one. You know, uh, it, it was it was amazing. And now they're just off doing like all kinds of amazing things. You know, I'm so proud of them. And it all started with. Uh, they were they read the rich dad poor dad book and they realized that they needed a coach you know yeah and and you know having that coach is also about that accountability you have someone to check into did you do this yes I did this what do I have to do next and you know there's that guidance but there's also when you catch that like we said the barriers to entry that uh, self-limiting belief I know one self-limiting belief that I think of that I think I've read in a book that you know, often people think that they'll never do better than their parents or who are they to do better than what their parents have done because that's how they were raised and that's all they see. There's this ceiling that they've created for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? That That's how our paradigms are formed, you know, where from birth to four, our mind is a blank slate. We take in whatever that's planted in there. And then in a lot of cases, we fight to get rid of that the rest of our lives, you know? And, but you know what? So many of those paradigms were good. I mean, working people get a good job, you know, like we, we all, we had so much going for us. There's, there's people, you know, who've been in the welfare system their whole lives, generations and generations and generations, at least, you know, we started in, I think my family was mostly blue collar. Um, and, and then, you know, you can move up from there a lot easier, I think, than starting from the, uh, you know, social services uh, aspect. So yeah, we, we tend to be, stay similar lifestyles as our parents. And, and you need to break through those barriers because, you know, Albert Einstein talks about insanity is doing the same thing over and over. And then you sit there thinking, well, I'm getting the same results. But if you want to do something different, you need to do something different if you want to see different results. I do have to do that. Person. You have to become a different person too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to segue into the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. Sure. So I was telling you before we got on here of my experience with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, you know, years ago, I even forget the year. It was probably 2010, 2014-ish, 2012. Yeah. I was in the audience watching a Rich Dad, Poor Dad representative and he was talking in front of the stage and I was like just mesmerized watching all these people pay attention to everything that he was saying yeah and he pulled me up in front of the room because because during the break I said hey I want to know how to be a speaker like you and I want to pick your brain big mistake yeah all of you listening never tell somebody you want to pick their brain because if you read rich dad poor dad it was my most instantaneous lesson ever that you either volunteer or you, you know, ask to uh, help at events so that you can learn and get in conversation and you get introduced to people. It's a, it's a law of reciprocity. There's a give and take. You know, if I said, I'm going to take you out for lunch and I would love to learn more about what you do, then there's a thing of reciprocity because you're going to pay for that meal. Yes. There's an exchange yes. versus feel like you're picking somebody's brain. Yeah. Anytime someone says that to me, I'm like, whoa, hold, hold the boat. <laughs> you need, you yeah. need to, to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And a lot of valuable information there. And you were saying that, you know, your students have also read that book. Mm-hmm. And uh, what lessons have you taken away from some of the books that you've read on real estate along your journey? You know, uh, one of my favorite books was a Robert Kiyosaki book called 
why do A students work for C students and C students work for the government? And you know, I like that book so much because I was a C student <laughs> and it just kind of made me feel good because, you know, it was the first time in my life really that I realized my strengths lie in the area that teachers used to say were my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I realized that years later and, um, but for many years, beat myself up for not being as smart. I had a brother that always had A's and everything. And he was the captain of the volleyball and basketball and, you know, everything. And, and I just wasn't. And, and getting compared to that and, and somebody that you absolutely admire too, because to this day, I admire everything he, he is and does. And, and, but, and to be compared to that, um, you feel lacking. Like you, you feel like, oh, I'll never live up to that. And, and you know what? It wasn't until I'd already experienced a certain amount of success that I realized that I, I could never be that person. There, there, what I was doing, I was working within my strengths, but for many years I didn't, I was not made aware that those are my strengths. They were all down downsides. Like you talk too much, you uh you're you're you don't study hard enough, you you're not into details, like all the stuff that now is the best thing I have going for me, you know? (laughs) And it's fascinating because all of these comments, like whether it be from our mom or dad or teacher, they all have this opinion, which we buy into the story, which ends up being a lie because that's their definition, their lens based on all of their own experiences and not necessarily how we see ourselves. And then we see those people, unless you've said, you know, I'm not going to take any of that personally. If you haven't gotten to that stage yet, you're going to take that personally. And every time you're around that person, you're going to want to be that. And you lose yourself when you're trying to live up to everybody else's opinion of who you are. Yeah. Everybody else's expectations, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that that book really made a big difference for me. It was like, this totally makes sense. This totally makes sense. You know, I can, yeah. you know, I couldn't have put it in words till I read that book. And it was like, I hire A students all the time. I have to because uh, I'm not that smart. I need the ones who can look at the details. I'm eternally optimistic. I never think anything's going to go wrong. So I have to have a lawyer that tells me this could go wrong and this could go wrong. Yes, exactly. You know? yeah. <laughs> so how, how important is it to form the team around you? I know in, in health, like our, our own personal lives, we have doctors, we have eye doctors, we have the dentist, we have physiotherapy or, you know, the grocery store clerks or whatever. They're all part of our team of helping us with our health and fitness or those kind of things. But how important is it forming a team initially when you're getting into real estate? You know what? It's imperative. And it's the very first thing I touch on in my course when I teach people, because you can't do multifamily alone. You can buy a single family home here and there and still manage it all. But one of the things I learned very early on, we had 50 doors within 18 months of starting. And people were asking me all the time, we go back to our, you know, initial conventions where we'd met a bunch of people and make, holy, what'd you do? And And we realized then is what we did is we surrounded ourselves with the people that were already doing it. And we didn't get drawn into the day-to-day operations. We didn't property manage. We didn't do our own maintenance. And that was what, that was the biggest difference because they took all the same classes I did. Uh, They showed up at all the events, all the, but the difference is from day one, I just, 
I didn't want to deal with tenants and toilets. And so I partnered with one of our first partners actually owned a property management firm. Well, it was perfect. You know, we could do our sweet spot. They could do theirs. And to this day, they own one of the biggest property management firms in our city, you know, so they've done really, really well, but it was never anything we wanted to do. So it was a great compliment. And that I think is so important. And, and, you know, and you got to have team members, you know, even realtors and mortgage brokers that own real estate too, because if, if you're, if you don't, they don't really get the game. They really don't get the game. And collaboration is key because by doing that, you're leveraging time, right? So how, you know, leveraging time, money, knowledge, everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Tell me how that's benefited you in, in building your portfolio. Well, like I said, we stayed away from the whole property management side. I think property management can drive you absolutely bonkers, you know, dealing with tenants and toilets and stuff all the time. It, it's so time consuming. I found that people would get were getting stuck at four doors when we had did this 50 doors in 18 months. And that was that was the first thing. Are you I'd say, are you managing your own properties? Oh, yeah, I don't want to pay that money out yet. And, and they'd get stuck. They couldn't even think about anything else. So that's why they couldn't. So yeah, that collaboration is a big thing. And finding the sweet spot too. Like my strength was raising the capital, finding the deals, raising the capital, analyzing the deals. I can do all that. Uh, but I just, once I own a property, eh, not that interested. You know what I mean? So you have to have yeah. the team in place to look after all that kind of stuff. And that way it allows you to play in your strengths. Because I, I know individuals who they want to do the rentals. They want to do this. And thank God they're caught up in the doing of it in being in the business versus working on the business of real estate. Yeah. Yeah. And we need those people too, you know, like you want to have your renovation teams, you can get in and, you know, uh, increase the value of your property. Absolutely. Um, but you, it, it has to be almost a specialty where you can really make money at it, you know? And it's a cost of your time. I think people take for granted, you know, oh, well, I could do this and I can do that and I'm going to save so much money. But are you truly saving that much money when you can be spending more time with your family one evening while someone you hire someone at a cheaper rate of people need to value their time, put a dollar on their time as well. You know, I've got a good story about that. It's actually my brother that I like love to pieces. He, I still remember this. He drove to Lloydminster, which is two hours away from his hometown, early in the morning on Boxing Day to stand in line so he would get this price. And I, it might've been more than that, but I remember he was buying this toilet that had like a hundred bucks off. And I'm thinking, you drove four hours to get a toilet with a hundred bucks off or maybe two or maybe three, I don't know. But I, I just couldn't fathom that. And, and in my whole life, I could never fathom that, Deborah, even when I earned $1,200 a month. I didn't go to this store and pick up something for a buck when I could buy it at the store I was already at for a buck 25. Like it just didn't, I, I thought about that uh, time. And a lot of people don't think about that at all. Yeah. Cause it's like your cost of gas, your cost of your time. You know, I know people say even the wear and tear of your vehicle. I'm like, <laughs> okay, if we're going to get that technical. Just yeah. go to the local store, support your local business, because really you're spending a lot more time and energy and it, you know, you're, I like to call it putzing, yeah. you know, so yeah. you're going to be effective with your time and money. You want to streamline as much as you can. Yeah. So let's jump into talking about buying real estate. So yes. how does somebody buy the right real estate 
with investor capital to build wealth and a passive income while building a wealth and passive income for the investors as well? Well, I, I want to touch on passive income, first of all, because uh, we, we, we've kind of changed the terminolo- terminology to cash flow because there's not much that's really passive about real estate unless you're the one who just hands over the money. You know, there's always yeah. work, work and stuff to be done. Even if you're overseeing the manager, there's still some work. The difference is it's not a nine to five job or a 24-7 job. It's like you can handle a lot of buildings with a few phone calls because it's you manager, 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 not the, you know, 600 tenants that we have, you know, so that that's the the line between the two that people really have to watch. Yeah. And, and that's where you have that greater chance of leverage, right? You, you trust, you hire people who you trust to look after those pieces. So people who are scared of property management can still be investors. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's not my forte. So why would I try it? Do it because I probably wouldn't be near as I actually I know I wouldn't be as good at it as others because it doesn't interest me. So how does one create a five year financial freedom plan versus the 40 year plan, the traditional one that we hear about? Well, you know, uh, that was our goal when we started, you know, as a financial advisor is earning pretty good money. But we had a base like that. We thought, if we could just earn this much every month, everything, you know, could fall into place from there. And in our, our case, it was 5,000 a month. We thought we, I wasn't planning on giving up my uh, financial advisory position, but we thought if we could supplement the income by 5,000 a month, that would be just key. So um, it, it, where it really hit home with me is Robert Kiyosaki has a game called Cashflow 101. Have you ever played that? Yes, I own it. And I own the kids version as well. (laughs) I do too. And I love that game. You know, uh, everybody is starts out in the rat race, you know, we get a job and da da da. And and I remember when I first started playing that game, I wanted to be the doctor and the lawyer and the one making the big money, you know. And uh, I learned very quickly that you really don't want to be those ones because it takes you a lot longer to get out of the rat race. And, uh, you know, we kind of there, we had good money, we got ourselves into debt, you know, nice house and nice cars and all that kind of stuff. But you know, when you can pass get past those day to day expenses, and flip that board over, and you're out of the rat race. Oh, my gosh, that is so even in, when you're playing the game, it feels so good. Mm-hmm. In real life, it feels so like you don't have to show up for, you know, the, the day-to-day stuff. You're not doing that little rat racing and, you know, doing this and that. But it starts by building the cash flow, getting that freed up money after all expenses and doing it again and again and again till you get those day-to-day expenses covered. Then from there, you know, really, once you're in, and, and, and it's a mindset too, you know, once yeah. you flip that board, it's like, oh. Now it's 5,000 a month opportunities at one at a time, you know, before it's like a hundred bucks a month and a hundred bucks a month. And now you flip it. It's like 5,000. And you know what? That's, that's exactly what it's like in real life. And it's, it's so much fun. It's just so much fun. So how do you help people when they they're interested in real estate? They're, they're wanting to get started, but they look at their daily expenses and they're not sure what to do. What would be the first couple things you would tell them to start doing? 
first of all, I'm not a, I, I'm not going to be the person that's going to say you got to live, learn to live within your means, because I don't believe in that one either. I believe that we should stretch our means as much as we possibly can. And I used to get told that when I was younger, when I was earning all of 1200 bucks a month, and that you have to learn to live within your means. And I thought, you know what? If I'm going to learn anything, I want to learn how to be rich. I do not want to learn how to live within my means. So I, I'm not the proponent who's going to tell you to budget and watch your P's and Q's. Bullshit. Go earn some more money. There's so many more ways to earn money out there. And it's a lot faster than saving a nickel on a roll of toilet paper or whatever else that I, I see those little budgeting things on YouTube sometimes. And I think, oh, my God. That would drive me crazy to do that. Go earn some more money. And, and there's so many ways, even right away in real estate, Deborah, there's so many ways that you can earn money right off the get-go. You know, if you if you um, find a deal and, and you have to you have to learn the strategy, first of all. So with us, our strategy is buying multifamily, using other people's money from vendor financing to the traditional lenders to, you know, CMHC insurance, uh, and then your investors and to, on top of it. And, and so you got to learn a strategy that's going to fit for you. Um, and then, then you got to get smart about things and you got to partner with the right people and you got to real, you got to learn to analyze those deals to yeah. First of all, purchase them properly, but then also to to learn how to run them properly. And and if you're good in this purchasing part, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be good in the other part too. So that's again where collaboration comes in. Somebody else might be better at the day to day operations. Usually, the person that's growing the business and building the business is not the same person who's going to be good at day to day operations. Um, my my first full time. Uh, office position was operations manager because I'm not a detail person. I need somebody else to look after all that kind of stuff. So to get to your five-year plan, first thing, you got to determine your strengths and how you do things. Like get to know yourself. That's so huge. And then you got to find a way to make that money uh, work for you because I, I've taken, like I said earlier, I have 18, 19-year-old guys from zero to 8,000 a month in two years and they started after they'd read a rich dad book and really like had a dream, but they had a dream and they weren't scared of trying something and they had no debt. And, you know, they still lived at home. They, they were, they, they were out of the rat race very, very quickly because they didn't buy into all that. Oh, I need a house. I need a brand new car. I need to have my own place. I need to have it all furnished beautifully. And I need to be able to travel. And, you know, they didn't buy into 150 things that a lot of us get sold. So yeah. all you have to do because it's a belief, it's something that's always told to them, to you know, people from generation to generation. You want to do this, you want. I remember, you know, I grew up on a farm, and I remember my mom saying, "Well, you you want to grow, go get school. You want to get education. You want to get off the farm. You want to get off the farm." And then when I had kids, it's like, "Well, I can't believe you're raising your kids in the city. <laughs> you should have <laughs> stuck to the farm." I'm like, "You just mixed me completely up." Yeah. You know? But now I understand what she was you know, referring to, it was more about the values. And I said, you know, I can instill the same values where I am. And it's going to be what you choose to believe. Like what belief do you hold true? And what beliefs do you know that are holding you back from this opportunity? So I really love your story, Edna, about these young adults making a decision that they're going to invest their money with their parents' support of to really grow. Yeah. And those things can come. 
you know, when you build yourself up from the age of 20, like you've got another 60, 70 years to go. And uh, think of the legacy that goes with that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're enjoying their lives. Like they're traveling here. They started an Airbnb and like, I don't know, Honduras or something like all over the place. Like they're doing stuff even that, you know, because they never let it hold them back. They decided early on and they just go for it. And they surround themselves, you know, different mentors. I didn't teach anything about Airbnbs. They were off doing that with somebody else, you know. So I also don't think that one man, you're meant to have one mentor in your life. You're meant to have many. Every time you want to grow into something different, you need a new mentor. And we're always evolving. So one of the things that, you know, when I'm, I'm listening to you telling me that they're doing the Airbnb thing. So years ago, because I grew up on a farm, when I left university, all I ever heard was doctor, lawyer, secretary, teacher, nurse. This is what you become. Yeah. When I got to university, I learned about engineers, computer sciences, all of these differentiated careers that I did not know about. Yeah. And then think about all the careers that formed after as we evolved with technology, new ideas. We never had Airbnb. Yeah. Right. And what a simple, powerful concept. Yeah, so exactly. to not let people define themselves by titles either, mm-hmm. because again, that's creating that box, that barrier of what's possible. And I love how you said, you know, you're the eternal optimist. And we have to have some people that, because I would be on your team, you know, <laughs> to have some people kind of pull us in to say, okay, touch the ground once in a while, touch the ground yeah. once in a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's so many opportunities and there's going to be new careers and new opportunities evolving. It's just being able to be ready, be ready and prepared for when that opportunity arrives. So, you know, to take the real estate course, I know you have a course, but, you know, um, 90 days to, to 5K. That's that's amazing that, you know, there's that opportunity within 90 days. You, you can already be a part of being in real estate. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, students are doing things faster than I am too. And again, it's mentorship. They have somebody in their corner. One of the coaches I worked with one time said, I believe in you until you believe in yourself. And that is so true because a lot of people are going, really, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. You know, you just have to take one step and then the next step and then the next step. I a lot of times push my students to make offers before they're ready and they'll go, oh, but I don't know enough. I don't know enough. And I go, you'll be surprised what you actually know, you know, but um, I also tell them you can study till the cows come home, but it's not till you actually do a live deal that you're really going to be confident that you know your stuff anyway. So why not do that sooner rather than later? You and that confidence comes as you take action. With anything, doesn't it, Deborah? With anything. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, you don't get the confidence and then you take action. You have to take the action to get the confidence. Absolutely. So how important is it to develop one's decisiveness when it comes to getting involved in real estate? You know, they, they have the gut check, that intuition, the heart, the mind. What do you what do you talk about when it comes to that intuition and being decisive? Well, you know what? Everything's a decision. Getting up in the morning is a decision. Brushing our teeth is a decision. But you know, a lot of those behaviors are habitual for us. Where it makes a difference is, you know, we've got these ingrained habits that we do on a day-to-day basis. Some like they're great. Like what would we be like if we didn't do all that stuff when we first get up in the morning? 
But you know what? It's a decision to be wealthy. It's a decision. Like I'm, I decided a long time ago, like I said, I didn't want to learn how to budget and learn to live within my means. I wanted to study wealth and become wealthy. Why would you spend years? like, And especially if you don't like it. Like I hated living like that, you know? So study something different. And, and that's where you're really going to grow. Um, first of all, finding something you like to do, being around like-minded people. Uh, when you're around a bunch of action takers, you're a lot more likely to take action than if you're sitting around a bunch of couch potatoes. Within You become who you hang out with. You become who you hang out with. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one of the things I love that you said, and uh, was, you know, people talk about financial freedom and I'll say, well, how much is that? Well, it might be this number. I have no idea. I just want to be financially free when all of my uh, expenses are paid for. I'll be financially free. But really, it's not only the financial freedom you you're you're seeking. You're seeking the freedom to have choice to wake up in the morning and choose what you want to do. Choose. That's the biggest thing. Because, you know, people will say to me once in a while, why why are you still working? Uh, And I think, oh, my gosh, what would I do if I wasn't working? I'm not a beach person. I, you know, I I actually kind of find it torturous. We talked before about Mexico time. Like, I'll go a week here and a week there, but I am done. I would much rather do the work that I do because I love it than vacation. So, why not keep doing what you love to do, right? I'll never be one of those people that spend uh, hours on a beach. I, I think that's boring, you know? And, and you want to be able to do what you love every single day because it helps you grow. It helps you share your gifts with the world yeah. and really make a difference. It does. It really does. Yeah. Well, Edna, you know, I have some extra questions in my toolbox here and It's been such a pleasure to have you here. But first of all, I'd love for people to know how they can stay in touch with you before I ask those. You know, the best way, just reach out to me. My, uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, uh, Coach Edna Keep, and uh, my website's ednakeep.com. And my email address is edna at ednakeep.com. And you know what? I do have a lot of free stuff. Like I do mindset training every month. I do a three, uh, three day series, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of every month for my students. Uh, and but I invite other people as well because it's a great way to get an introduction to me and and I think mindset's something everybody should work on whether they're in real estate or or uh, you know what, whatever like mind, mindset is so huge so I have lots of free stuff that a person can kind of get an, an idea and start growing I, that's how we started just learning having the interest and uh, yeah so that's a good way to get started and then if they if they think it's something that um, they'd really like to get into real estate. I have a 45 minute video that I like people to watch. And if they want to explore it further, then I invite them to book a strategy call with me and, or one of my team members and see if it's a fit. That's awesome. I'm going to make sure that I have all those links in the show notes for all of you listening, whether you're driving in your car right now or you're working out at the gym, please, you know, I'm going to you know, take a snapshot wherever you are so that we can see where you're at when you're listening to the Millionaire Woman Show. You know, and that, I know the books that we read have a huge impact in our lives. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular book that has really shifted your thinking of how, you know, you talked about the one by Robert Kiyosaki, but is there any other books that have really shifted the way you think and how you practice and how you show up in the world? Think and Grow Rich is another one. I've read several times and and done, and, and I still do a lot of practices that I learned from that book, writing affirmations and, and setting my goals on a consistent basis. So um, those are big ones. 
the the power of awareness, uh, the power of the subconscious mind is something that I studied recently because I, I'm really, really working at, uh, you know, going to a new level myself. Joseph and, Campbell, right? Yeah. Uh, Joseph Murphy, I think. Joseph Murphy, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have it actually at my bedside. Oh, do you? Oh, I love it. You know, I bought that book for all my kids at Christmas time. And I said to them, this is your gift, but your real gift is, is when you finish reading it, you each get a hundred bucks. But your real gift is if you can wrap your head around this at your age, the mm. gazinga. And you know, my 18 year old was the first one who finished reading it. And she comes up to me after and she goes, you know, mom, she goes, remember when I was a kid and I was really into magic and uh, I always wanted magic wands and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh, yeah, she says. And, and one year we bought her this magic wand, had a real pretty little ball on the end and she hits her dad with it and she goes, poof, you're a giraffe. It didn't work. She was so mad. She throws it on the ground. You take that back. You give me a new one. All right, that's no work. That doesn't work. Anyway, she says to me, I know where the magic is, mom. I go, where's the magic, Desiree? She goes, it's right here in your mind. I go, you right. And so I knew she didn't just read that book. She absorbed it because that's what people need to realize is the magic is here. And uh, once you can wrap your head around that, the sky's the absolute limit. And then the journey, it gets a lot more fun too. Yeah. I'm going to have to read it again. I have it at my bedside. I've read it once and I'm partway through. Um, I happened to be in New York and one of the publishers that I was visiting had it on the shelf. And I, I commented that I had just finished reading it not too long ago. And he goes, well, this is a special edition. Would you like it? And I'm like, oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, I need to uh, continue to read it because I know that our subconscious mind has such a handle on us that we don't even realize sometimes Um, we get caught up in those patterns of behavior learned from very, very young, um, learning to recognize them and to really bring that magic force in choosing the story we want to write. What does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? Oh, you know what? Just being happy. Uh, it's it's just very pleasant experience to wake up here. You're happy with yourself. You're happy in your own skin and knowing that you're making a difference in the world. Um, but it, it, it starts with you. You can't put out what is not within. So that that's what it means to me. You cut out. If you could just say that last statement again, you can't put out. You can't put out what you don't have within. Exactly. You know, I I know people that, you know, they're like, well, I'm not happy. Well, that happiness has to come from within. And people think it's so external to them, but really, truly, it comes from within. That if you want to have more joy, love, anything, you need to generate it and start showing up. How would someone who's happy behave? Start acting as if. And I like to say act as is that it's already happening, not when it happens, right? Very true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what a couple of words of, you know, um, to share with us some final advice before we close off the show. Oh, geez, that's always a good one, right? You know what? Um, two, Two things. One, the very best thing you can do for yourself is get to know yourself. Uh, Because it's not till you can get to know yourself, your strengths and your weaknesses that you can even really start to build your own power team. And the other one is get a coach. Like, like I said, I've had one since 1999. I've never been other than maybe looking between leaving one and getting a new one. 
And it's been my biggest catalyst for growth because they see, they see something in you that at the beginning you can't always see. They see your, your strengths and, and uh, can help you through some of your weaknesses as well. So uh, get a coach. And let them push your boundaries a little bit. Because, yes, absolutely. You know, um, sometimes the coaches that I've had, they have challenged me to where I was overanalyzing, to where I, you know, I'm very good with accountability and following through on things, but they've also put challenges out there that, of things that I didn't think was possible were possible for me. So um, having a coach is extremely important if you want to grow to the level that you foresee yourself. But what the th- great thing is, when you work with a coach, you often go to a totally higher level than what you thought was possible for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Edna. Um, you know, again, I'm going to have the show link and everything here for you with all of Edna's contact information to, you know, message Edna, message myself. Let us know how this show has impacted you. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, you know, take a picture, put it on social media. We will uh, share share you in the stories and let everybody know what, what you're up to. So thank you again, Edna, for joining us on the show. My And for all of you journey. listening. Oh, that it was so awesome. So awesome. And I'm sure we'll have to have you back as well. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I would love for you all to go over to my website as well at www.debrakazowski.com where you can get your free three-part video course called Making Habits Stick. Build some of that focus and consistency in those goals and dreams of yours, whether they be in real estate or any area of your life so that you can knock those goals out of the park. Now, if you're interested in coaching with mindset or you know, uh, whether it be life, leadership, or business, I am who you can connect with. I have a discovery session where we can see if we're the right fit and see what some of those goals are. Now, real estate is not my secret sauce. So someone with like Edna will definitely be that person that you need to go to. So as Mohammed Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. On behalf of Edna and myself, go out and have a fabulous day. Perfect. Thank you so much, Deborah.